Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the New Books in Middle Eastern Studies, a podcast channel on the New Books Network. I am your host, Turo Mende, and today I am uh, with Sharif Meleka. And uh, welcome to the podcast, Sharif Meleka. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much, Turo. It was very nice of you to invite me, and I'm very excited about this. And let's begin maybe a bit... Uh, about uh, your uh, yourself, uh, could you tell the audience who you are and um, t- tell me about about your journey, how you became a writer? Um, I my name is Sharif Malika. I uh, was born in Alexandria, Egypt, uh, many years ago. <laughs> uh, I uh, am a physician uh, by training and by profession. And I started uh, to write only in uh, April of 2000. Uh, Before uh, that time, I was an amateur writer. Uh, I wrote essays uh, during school. I uh, uh, was awarded the highest mark uh, on a transportation crisis essay uh, in my youth in 1970s. Uh, I wrote a... uh, prose poem piece to my girlfriend who broke up with me in 1984. But these really were the only uh, dabbles I had in writings. Uh, My early poems, uh, I started writing uh, in April of 2000. uh, And I, uh, I, was not prepared, I suddenly had an urge, uh, a spark that came to me uh, that urged me to write something. So I was in a, in a friend's car, he was driving, and I had the strong urge to write. And I asked him for a piece of paper and a pen, and we searched throughout the car and found only a matchbox. And... Uh, a pen. So I wrote on the matchbox the first verses that came to me. And he was looking at me like I was a madman. And when I went home, I continued the poem. And I found myself in need of writing another poem and another and another. And I was compulsively writing. uh, And all I was doing with these poems was 
talking to my friends over the phone and reciting uh, to them what I had wrote, I had written. And they were very astonished because I've never written anything before. And that was how it started. Okay, thank you so much, Sharif. And um, coming to your novel that is that was published uh, recently, Suleiman's Ring in English. Uh, when did you start writing it in Arabic? How did you came uh, to write this book? Okay, well, initially I was only writing uh, poems, uh, and they were in colloquial uh, Egyptian Arabic. And then I started writing short stories. Uh, in 2005, I published my first uh, collection of short stories. After that, I published my first novel. Uh, it's called Zuhur Plastic or Plastic Flowers. Uh, I published it in 2006. Then I started writing uh, Khatim Suleiman or Suleiman's Ring. Uh, in October of 2006, I was driving my car, thinking about mother country, Egypt, feeling very preoccupied by the fate uh, it had come to. Uh, it was suffering uh, a marked decline in the living conditions of uh, the poor majority. Uh, uh, the middle class uh, was dwindling and uh, a flimsy minority of Nuvorish who were tightly linked to the ruling Mubarak family were running the show. And I thought to myself, what if I had the famous magical ring of Solomon? What would I do with it to change the fate of Egypt as I see it now? I was thinking, and then it occurred to me to imagine what would King Solomon himself would do if he had the magic ring and lived in Egypt today. What would he do to change its fate? And I went home and I started writing about this uh, as a crazy idea that, that uh, uh, struck me. And as I was writing, I, I pulled back a little bit and thought to bring uh, David, King David, the father of uh, King Solomon, into the story. And then I started to get a, a pretty close idea of what I wanted to do. So I started the narration uh, in the 1940s, early 1950s, to fit uh, the recent uh, uh, history of Egypt and the coming of King David or Dawood, Abdul Malik, and then his son, uh, Suleiman, into the story that would end uh, in the uh, late 1980s, uh, for example. And that time frame was uh, based on the most important uh, events that happened in Egypt uh, during this uh, particular period of time. 
the novel was finally published in uh, 2008, its first edition. And then a second edition was published in 2016. Then in 2017, I presented it uh, to the American University in Cairo uh, Press to be uh, translated. And then it finally uh, was published in March of 2023. And... Coming uh, now to the content of the novel, it's quite an, an historical novel. Can you tell us a bit about the uh, narrative, about the content, what what happens in the novel without giving too much spoilers? Okay, well, the novel starts with Dawood or uh, the, the persona of King David. Uh, starting in uh, Alexandria, Egypt, uh, when he found a ring, silver ring with uh, a strange writings on its uh, top. And it was given to him by a friend jeweler uh, who told him that this ring was magical and it was the... Uh, main cause behind the fame of a famous music musician uh, that uh, lived in the uh, early uh, 20th century in Egypt, in Alexandria, uh, Sheikh Sayyid Darwish. Uh, and he became very famous even though he died in his uh, early 30s. Uh, but he had modernized uh, Egyptian music and uh, he was uh, very famous uh, when he passed away. So uh, Dawood gets the string and feels a very strong uh, magic that uh, goes th from the ring through his finger uh, to change his life. And it so happened around this time that he met with a young officer in the army who uh, met with him and his uh, best friend, uh, Sheikh Hassanin al-Basri, uh, and they uh, met in a cafe. And this young officer told them that he is, and, and some of his friends are running a secret uh, mission to change the fate of Egypt. And this officer was Gamal Abdel Nasser. Uh, a few years later, uh, with this relationship growing, uh, Dawood hears on the radio that Gamal Abdel Nasser and uh, other fellow officers in the army uh, have succeeded in uh, a revolution and uh, ousted the king of uh, Egypt at that time, King Farouk. And he thought that all this had happened because he insisted on lending Gamal, his friend, the ring, the magical ring that he had, because he wanted to wish him good luck. So the power of the ring was... Uh, justified in his mind and 
he believed in its magic and he believed that with this ring his life uh, could change uh, completely for the better. Uh, I don't want to give away all the intricates of the novel, but uh, basically uh, I feel it uh, it is about the charms or talismans that we create in our lives, which make us hopeful about our directions and believe in our imminent success, but at the same time, its disappearance or loss gives us a sense of doom and disappointment. Uh, but also I had in mind to write about citizenship and coexistence. And that's why uh, the majority of the dialogue in the novel is written in colloquial Egyptian because uh, Dawood uh, felt the need to prove that he was a citizen of Egypt. He was Alexandrian uh, because everybody around him was telling him that he should leave uh, because he was Jewish, uh, because there was a sense uh, at that time uh, that Jews are not welcomed in Egypt, and basically all foreigners were not uh, welcomed, and he was insisting on staying uh, and remaining in his country, uh, despite of being Jewish uh, uh, in uh, by birth, but he felt that this did not change his citizenship uh, as an Egyptian. Thank you so much, Sharif. And now that we heard a bit about the content of the novel, let's switch a bit to the characters. Um, it interest, it's interesting to see how the characters are developing throughout the story and which are the most important ones for you during the novel. Well, in uh, all my works, I basically fall in love with my characters. Uh, writing a novel really takes a long, long time, uh, unlike writing a short story or writing a poem which takes a day or two and then it's over. But uh, writing uh, a novel takes about a year. So there is an ongoing relationship between me and my characters uh, that uh, really affect me uh, tremendously. And I feel that they are alive and I interact with them uh, and fall in love basically with them. Uh, in this particular novel, uh, of course, Dawood and Suleiman uh, were my uh, uh, fondest uh, characters, and I developed very intimate relationships uh, with them uh, and uh, very strong feelings towards them. But even though Muhammad al-Buri or even Sheikh Fouda uh, were um, the um, the um, counter uh, uh, characters or the the not so uh, liked uh, character? I still fell in love with them and uh, felt they were very honest in their zeal uh, to accomplish what uh, they believed in, and I was very. Uh, 
fond of them and and uh, close to them as well. Uh, I was even told by uh, a, a critic uh, that I wrote about the Muslim Brotherhood in the most uh, warm uh, way that anybody has ever written about them. And uh, it is because I really uh, was, when I was writing them, I was living in their uh, personas and their uh, feelings uh, in what they were uh, after. Uh, also, I could not help but fall in love with Kamar, uh, the beautiful, innocent, uh, uh, not very well sophisticated or educated or uh, 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 I, I should say uh, uh, developed or, or uh, high class uh, person. Uh, yet she was very uh, she was very sincere in her feelings and her actions, and uh, she uh, even when she was in uh, at the peak of her uh, depression and and um, uh, down uh, in her uh, assessment of her life. Uh, she was very honest about it. She would not lie to herself and give herself excuses for uh, what had happened. And I, I, uh, I loved her. She was, she was beautiful. She was beautiful. And she uh, fell in love with Dawood, even though she was feeling guilty because he was a married man and he was feeling guilty because he was cheating on his wife, uh, Elaine, um, but they were all sincere in their actions or their feelings that led to their actions. Uh, also, I fell in love with Rashad Fikri, the uh, uh, romantic uh, uh, ideologist and uh, the uh, modernist and he, his zeal to change the life of Muhammad al-Buri when they met in prison. Uh, all my characters are, you know, even though they are different, they are uh, ways apart from uh, each other. Uh, they are all sincere and they were all uh, honest in uh, accomplishing uh, their part in the novel. Thank you so much. And... Um, as far as I understood, Suleiman's Ring is the first uh, novel that appeared in English so far from you. Uh, it was translated by Raymond Stock. Um, how much were you involved in the translation process? Very much so. Uh, I knew Raymond as a friend. Uh, he was uh, living in Egypt uh, in... Uh, uh, pursuit of a uh, writing a biography of Nagib Mahfouz, the Nobel laureate, uh, the Egyptian Nobel laureate, I should say. Uh, and I met him uh, in the early uh, 1990s uh, when uh, I met to, uh, with uh, Nagib Mahfouz uh, in uh, his uh, uh, places of common uh, uh, meetings with uh, youth and with uh, intellectuals in Cairo. Uh, I met with Raymond. I introduced myself to him uh, as an Egyptian-American. 
and he was uh, very happy to meet me and we became friends basically and we uh, we we met several times in Cairo uh, in my uh, during my visits uh, there when I was going to promote uh, some of my uh, published work uh, and when his uh, mission in uh, Cairo ended uh, in uh, I think 2011 uh, he came uh, to the States and he stayed with me uh, in our house for a uh, short while and during that time he was uh, working on the translation of Mahfouz's uh, novel called Kushtumar uh, that was translated as The Coffee House. Uh, I helped him a little bit uh, with some of the translation of it, especially uh, the words that were written in a colloquial uh, Arabic. Uh, and uh, after he finished and he submitted the novel for publication uh, by the AUC Press, uh, he dabbled with uh, with uh, the Suleiman's ring, and he started. <coughs> excuse me. He started reading it, and he translated the first uh, five chapters uh, of the novel. And I was uh, uh, very much involved uh, with each and every. Uh, chapter of these five chapters and all the rest of the 27 chapters uh, that constitute the novel. I revised uh, each and every chapter as soon as uh, Raymond uh, finished it and he would send it to me. I would uh, make the, the revision and uh, editing of the mistakes. I put them in red uh, uh, letters and sent them back to him to to see why what I did and why I did the change and so forth and so on until we were finished. Uh, the process was lengthy and it took many years to uh, finish the novel, but I was very pleased with how it came about. And coming maybe back to the characters of the novel, uh, in what way would you characterize Dawood and Sheikh Hassanin and how are their relationship to together? I meant to say that uh, the friendship uh, between the two characters was spoiled by ideologies that were instilled uh, into Sheikh Hassanin's head by Uh, his uh, relationship with uh, the Muslim Brotherhood, uh, Sheikh Fouda. Uh, he uh, reduced uh, Dawood into merely a Jewish person and that he should be expelled from Egypt along with the other Jews uh, who were living in Egypt at the time. And so all the friendship, all the years of friendship was forgotten and all what was left was that uh, Dawood was a uh, Jewish person. And that was the end of the relationship. Uh, basically, our 
uh, instincts uh, draw us together, uh, but ideologies tend to separate us. That's what I meant to say by this uh, breakage in the in the relationship. Thank you so much, Sharif. Okay. And the ring has an immense impact on the characters in the novel. How does the ring connect to the characters exactly? Well, I I think that we believe what we want to believe. Uh, remember in the Emperor's New Clothes, the Danish folk tale, where that, you know people made up uh, some imaginary clothes to the Emperor and convinced him that he was wearing the most beautiful clothes there is. And he showed this to the, his, his men and, and all the people and everybody was admiring his beautiful uh, imaginary clothes. And all of a sudden a young kid came along and said, well, the emperor is naked. He's not wearing anything. And that proved that everything that was said about the beautiful clothes that he was wearing was only a myth. It wasn't real. So that is uh, what I wanted to say about the ring. Uh, Dawood had uh, the ring and he was told that it was magical. So he believed in it. And when the ring was hidden by his wife, Uh, he thought that he lost the ring, and when he when that happened, he felt that all what he had worked for is gone, and he doesn't have anything anymore, and he started to uh, collapse and to break down uh, when he thought that he lost the ring, even though the ring was with him in the same apartment because his wife had merely hidden it from him. So it wasn't gone, it wasn't lost. It was just uh, an idea that overcame him and he thought that he does not have the ring anymore. And this you know, proves that we believe what we want to believe. Thank you so much. Um... There are quite historic characters like Gamal Abdel Nasser, uh -huh. who appeared quite early in the novel, and uh, it is a challenge to write uh, him as a character. How much research did you uh, did in order to write about this character in the novel? I did a lot of research, but I only I, I usually do a lot of research whenever I'm writing any fictional or even non-fictional work. Uh, anything that I write has to be preceded by a lot of research. In this particular novel, I read many writings about Nasser's personal life. I, write, I, I watched a lot of videos uh, on YouTube and on the, the internet in general about his meetings, his uh, his talks, uh, even his voice, the pitch of his voice. I, I remarked uh, in the book, uh, you know, of course, as the wood was uh, uh, seeing it, 
that he had a uh, very uh, fine uh, voice, like a voice of a child, despite despite he, of his enormous uh, bodily figure. Uh, so this happens uh, due to many many hours I spent uh, watching these videos and uh, listening to. Uh, his voice in uh, his uh, speeches and so forth and so on. Uh, I also read a lot of uh, almost everything that was written about him that I could find uh, before I started to write about him. Uh, it's funny because a lot of uh, authors, famous ones also, uh, they like to take up these real characters and change them uh, to fit their uh, novels and their uh, uh, their way of writing. Uh, for example, Gabriel Garcia Marquez uh, created a fictional town called Macondo. And we don't know, there is no Macondo uh, on earth, but it is his way of writing about uh, Colombia maybe, or South America in general. Uh, Nagib Mahfouz uh, wrote about Gebelawi, who presides in the big house uh, overlooking our alley or our world. Uh, he did not want to be talking about God, but he created Gebelawi uh, to, to denote uh, what he meant to write about. I prefer to place my real characters with their own names and personas uh, to be more believable, to draw the reader into what I'm writing. But I have to be careful because I cannot portray them in the wrong image to people uh, because they are famous. So everybody has uh, formed a uh, figure uh, in their minds about those uh, characters. And if I uh, go uh, astray from these uh, images... I will not be believed. The story will fail and uh, the structure will fall down. So uh, I have to be uh, extra careful. And I did that in uh, other novels also that I have written. I've written a whole novel about a, a Lebanese uh, thinker and writer, uh, Farah Antoun, uh, who immigrated to uh, Egypt in the uh, late uh, 19th century uh, um, and uh, he uh, lived in Alexandria. Uh, I also wrote about uh, Gamal Abdel Nasser. I also wrote about Abdel Halim Hafiz and Umm Kulthum and Balik Hamdi, uh, famous uh, uh, musical characters uh, in uh, one of my uh, later uh, novel uh, called Ayyam uh, Ishq uh, or Days of Passion and uh, I like to write about those uh, real characters uh, of course with my own perspective but they have to be uh, real and believable Thank you so much and which writer did influence you the most while becoming an author? Well, as an Egyptian, Nagib Mahfouz was, of course, my idol. Uh, 
uh, and I read all of his work uh, starting uh, uh, very early in my life. I, as a youth, even, I uh, read him. And, uh, uh, of course, his language was a little bit more difficult for me, but I reread uh, most of his works as uh, the days went by. Uh, but I also li uh, like to read uh, to Tawfiq al-Hakim, uh, Taha Hussein, uh, Yusuf Idris had a much easier language and more, uh, uh, more uh, uh, of short stories. He was uh, very famous for short stories in Egypt. Uh, but I also was in a French school. Uh, and so I studied the works of Voltaire, uh, Hugo, uh, and also the older uh, Racine and Moliere and uh, uh, a lot of uh, the famous uh, big names in French literature uh, I encountered during my youth. Uh, when I uh, grew up a little bit, uh, I uh, started enjoying the works of Salah Jaheen. He's a uh, very famous uh, Egyptian poet uh, who wrote only in colloquial, and I shouldn't say only, but mostly in colloquial Egyptian Arabic. And uh, I really admired his uh, quartets. Uh, he is uh, very close to my heart. Uh, then when I uh, started to... Uh, really taking writing uh, more seriously, I started reading uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez, uh, Franz Kafka, uh, Orhan Pamuk, the, the Turkish uh, Nobel laureate. Uh, Jose Saramago is also uh, a favored uh, writer of mine, and I especially uh, loved uh, blindness uh, i wrote them in in english all these uh, uh, people who were from different parts of the world uh, i wrote them translated into english uh, herman hesse uh, is also a favored uh, writer that i admired a lot as uh, i read a lot of his works and i really enjoyed it Thank you so much. And uh, what are you working? What are you currently working on right now? Well, right now I uh, I just finished uh, with two novels. I retired as a physician, and so now I have a lot more time uh, on my hands. So I uh, finished a novel that I had started before uh, I retired, and I uh, wrote another novel that will uh, be part of a quartet with three other novels that I had uh, already published. Uh, I also uh, wrote a collection of uh, short stories about my uh, new move uh, to Florida uh, in the United States along the East uh, Coast. I used to live in the Northeast. Now I live in the Southeast. Of the uh, of the United States uh, east co east coast, and uh, the changes uh, that occurred around me, I uh, put them in a series of uh, uh, I think twenty four uh, stories, 
short stories that uh, will constitute a collection that I am uh, looking forward to publishing it. Thank you so much, Sharif Meleka. This was a great interview with you. And thank you for being on the podcast with us today. Thank you very much to Gruul. And it was my pleasure. And I hope uh, that I uh, I was uh, answering your questions uh, in the best possible way I could. Yes, of course. Thank you so much, Sherry. And I look forward to many more meetings with you.